I just watched oh, the 100th episode and you just both interrupted yes. the intro. Uh, I'm doing it anyway. 100th episode. Play your phone. There we go. Celebration noises. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how do I stop it now? <laughs> Welcome to the 100th episode, ladies and gentlemen, of the Big Footy Tiger cast. That's across, obviously, weekly episodes, past player interviews, a couple of half-time shows and the like, but... It's been a wonderful journey. I'd like to, to say that this podcast has been the, the main reason for the Tigers' turnaround form, given we started in 2017, midway through, so we jagged that first flag for everyone, so yeah, you're all welcome. But seriously, a huge thank you to everyone who has been on the show over the past 100 episodes. Um, a lot of different posters on the Big Footy board have joined in. Uh, you two guys have had a huge contribution to the show as well. And obviously a big thanks to the listeners and people out there who support us and share our posts and send us through questions and, and really keep us going. So massive thank you and hopefully we can do another 100 good episodes um, with a few more grand final appearances would be nice. But uh, welcome to CB17 and Tiger71. How are you lads? Happy anniversary or happy episode. Yeah, yeah. happy birthday BF, Tigercast, happy Quite. birthday. Just do really we sing? crept up. Do we sing CB? Do we sing? Oh. No, only if you can sing in a pirate voice, would it be acceptable? I no, no, I can't do a pirate voice. We, people don't deserve that. No, no, they don't. But no, no, it's a great achievement, Michael. You've put in a lot of work, mate, so well done. Yeah, it's been an interesting, interesting journey, so I suppose it was up for grabs at the start when the board wanted to uh, run a podcast, and I thought, oh, we'll give it a crack and see how it goes, and yeah, the feedback's been pretty good ever since, so it's a lot of fun talking Tigers with everyone, and the listeners seem to enjoy it. We're building a nice little following, and uh, we've obviously got a, a big experiment coming up on Wednesday night, which we'll talk about later on. But uh, yeah, it should be very good. Would help if the no, Tigers would start winning games, though. Jesus, oh, GWS, that, was that not the most yeah. frustrating game that you've watched this year from us? I mean, twelve you know points. You, you, point you know when you, you know when you lose to a side that you wouldn't, that you're better than. Like, I don't mean no disrespect to GWS, but we were the better side on the night. Yeah, I, now, I often I agree. I often don't feel that. Usually if we lose, I'm always happy to say, you know, best team won on the night because that's typically the case. But I, fe- I really believe that wasn't the case. Like, that second quarter, we honestly should have been about five goals up and the game should have been done and dusted. Even the fourth quarter, where we were just hammering, hammering away... Um, it, look, it was the most frustrating game I've seen in a while. Um, I, I read your post and I fully agree with it. I couldn't reply to it because I was suspended. Don't know why, you know. Oh, no, we, no, we do know why. We do know. Well, well, no, I tried to do a health message and it just backfired pretty badly, you know. It's not my fault people don't like big black guys with a mask on their penis. So, you know, I didn't understand that. But um, the message was quite there and it, was, it just came with love. But back on point, um, what shit me, what shit me to tears was not that GWS really were close to full strength. They didn't have Ward. They didn't have um, one other player, right? Um, outside of that, we're going we're going with seven um, of our premiership players out um, that are starting 22 players. Um, and we not only matched it with them, we outplayed them for big extended periods of the game. But what really fucking got me outside of... Even more than our poor conversion rate that really made me see red was the biased, blatant, 
pathetic nature of the umpiring. Now, I'm not just saying just on Richmond's or Richmond against Richmond, both ways in some cases. The level of umpiring across all games has got to a point now it's bloody farcical. It's it's costing teams. Um, it's it's um, turning people off the game that are refusing to watch it. Watch it. Um, and the perfect case in point, if you took Toby Green's mark, um, his fourth goal, it was, he clearly, and they even replayed it to rub salt in the room, clearly put two straight hands on Dusty, I mean, on Grimes' back, pushed him forward, then took the mark. So it was two actions. It's the textbook, not a free kick, it's hands in the back. The think, umpire... Yeah, because they, they changed that rule, didn't they, where you could hold your ground with two hands because yeah. you, you can't shove, I think. You can't shove. Yeah, you yeah. can't extend. Yeah, exactly. Which he, which he, he extends did. his arm. Yeah, he does, right? He extends both arms. What infuriated me was the umpire was in his jockey stance, staring right at the contest, right on the pocket. It was exactly, what, five metres away. With a clear view, no, no, not a, no blocking of sight, and both of the players turned to the umpire after the mark, going, "Okay, Toby to think, oh yeah, it's going to get pinged. Grimes going to say, yeah, this is a free kick, and the guy allows the goal. That for me, in a game where you lose to, um, where you lose by twelve points, and you got you got Charles disallowed mark, and in any other game in the world, once you grab it the third time. If, even if it's punched out of your hands, it's being controlled. It's a mark. He and more than controlled play. that. Uh, he controlled they that. Hand, uh, but they didn't uh, get hands to it. He, he had it on a second grab. It was a yeah. clear mark. Yeah, As someone mark. said on Twitter, he held it long enough to autograph it. That's right. And they fucking, and they disallowed it. That's what I mean. That, that, and I'm sure the GWS, you know, the three of them supporters would probably you pick out an instance where we got the rub of the great. So, um, which is all well and good. But, it's happening consistently across all games, across all sides. Um, uh, Melbourne, two minutes to go. They fucking go a score review when they're about to clear. And if that Melbourne spud had to kick it to the ex-captain Hack, he was away. He would have ran it probably, you know, fucking snail's pace. But the point stands, they could have actually scored. And in a very tight game, they might have actually won. And it's just... And you know what? You've got your hockings. You've got your gills. You've got your... Head in the sand, fuckwits at the AFL, refusing to do anything about it. Um, and it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And I just hope you get one coach that will basically come out and say, and one club, you know what, guys? This is fucking... We can't... Oh, you guys zipper, cost CB. Jesus. <laughs> Putting your zip-up hoodie on. <laughs> I, I know. It's just, the disrespect, mate. The disrespect. What can you do? The guy's... He lives in the country. It's probably a shed he lives in. You know... He's writing letters and he's sending them out, you know, with little white powders in them. Um, that's what it is, you know. But seriously, CB, come on, well, mate. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll take the bright side of point of view. What? I'm in a rant, son. I'm in a rant. Like, yeah, seriously, I'll, I'll, I'll when you're in your blood bath, when you do your blood bath, do you want me to just type in with happy thoughts? You can. Well, no, <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll tell you the, the pleasing aspect for me, as much as I wanted to punch my TV set in because we just didn't, we, we, we lost, they didn't win, we lost a game. Yeah, that's, that's right. How I, I agree. It. I agree. But, the pleasing thing was we are seeing, even with seven players out, the system stands up. Yeah, that's right. The system clearly stands up, and GWS, the, the, their ladder position doesn't belie how good that team is. We know they're a bloody good team. Right? They're last year's grand finalists, so they can play. And the fact that we can bring these kids in and the system holds up is really, really awesome. Um, we'll start off looking at some players. 
I'm going to roll straight away with uh, Tiggs' man, Shy Bolton. Uh, haven't I been told that you should have been in the midfield? How many years <laughs> have I said it? How many he's years? Good. He, he, he faded you know, a little footy. bit, but he come back and in the, later on. He was good. It's though. his first couple of games. He will build his tank. Even the big footy for him. Oh, Diggs, he's not a midfielder. He's X Factor. Fuck, he put him in the midfield. He's got what Andrew McLeod has. He's got what yeah. he, uh, um, you know, Gavin Wagonine had. He's got that fucking sidestep. And you know what he's got? There was only one other player I've ever seen outside of Edwards that I ever saw that has this one ingredient. You know what it is, CB? You know what it is, Michaels? Is it cinnamon? No, not cinnamon. That's right. Let's a professional run podcast. Lift your, lift your standards, CB. Michaels, you know what I'm referring to? Uh, a tight elite hands or vision? No, mate, that, no you read too much of the Herald Sun. What oh, okay. he's got, he's got 360 vision awareness. He knows when people are coming at him across all angles. So he knows when to, he reads the tackle before it happens, so it allows him to get that separation. That is fucking balls rare. That is as rare as CB having a working fucking microphone. <laughs> That's how rare it is. So what you're telling me is Shy Bolton is Spider-Man, and he has spidey senses. He does have good vision. And he can kick a fucking football, can't he? He can kick but, 50 but metres. his numbers. Mate, nine disposals, two marks, five magnificent clearances, 499 metres game. Weak as piss shy. You couldn't even get us to 500. <laughs> Dropping give you 20 for that. And eight score involvements. Outstanding game for a kid who hasn't even played 50 games yet. Yeah, so this that's kid the scary is thing, just motoring. And, yeah, keep keep him in the middle. And I, oh, even the v, I've, I've said it before, but even the VFL games, if there's footage of it from last year, the year before, he 100% did his best work time and time again in the middle. Yeah. Um, and if the quarters were longer, he'd be even more damaging, mm. I think, as the game went on. But... No, I was really impressed with his game. Um, I want to talk about our efficiency, which was the... Oh. Before we get back onto a few players, that was the big hurting point for us. Our efficiency inside Ford 50 on Friday night was 41.3%, and our 2020 average is 42.1%. By comparison, the Giants went at 56.3%, with a season average of 52 So that And we always say, I, I know as a whole we weren't 10% off, but we're almost 10% off in terms of efficiency, and that's enough to do you in a game. Yeah, and oh. what, what's killing me? I know CB's going to go on about kicking over there, kicking on their heads, which is I'll, I'll allow CB to talk about that because um, that's his baby and he's worked really, he's really proud about what he's going to about to tell you guys about that. So sorry, Steve, I don't mean to steal your thunder, son. I'm not going to talk about it at all. <laughs> Just giving the kids a preview, right? Well, what I want to talk about for me, which is glaringly obviously, is two points that's not working in our forward line. First one is movement. When they move, we actually start to generate a score. So when they're running back towards goal, what we used to be able to do is when we're getting flooded against, we used to be able to get that ball behind the back line and then run towards goal, freely towards goal, draw them in. That's not happening. We're not doing that as consistently as we were before. But the other biggest thing um, for me that's really fucking driving me bananas is our mids are kicking it in the pocket or kicking it in weird fucking positions. Um, that's giving our forwards no chance um, to actually, you know, run onto the ball or or create something. And I, and I get that we used to win we were shit with a shit a growing defence in 2016 and 15. We always used to kick to the pocket because it's easier to defend. Um, and we go that way sometimes when we're, we're getting smashed um, to allow us to get, you know, the momentum back. But when we're dominating sides, why not kick it in, kick it in the lethal zone? 
kick it 30 metres from the forward, um, from the goal square. Kick it that 30 metres. We have lost in Grimes protecting our back door. Kick it there and let our forwards, um, our smalls, run on to that contest. Um, if We might not win it all the time, but we're going to create a lot more free kick opportunities, which is, let's be face it, with the fucking shitness of the umpiring, that's how teams are scoring. And we will start to score some goals. And I, and I, and I don't understand that we're doing our one wood, kick, kick it high, kick it long, and we're doing it every fucking entry. Every fucking entry. And it's got to stop. CB, your turn, son. Your turn. Sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. Guys, I'm in a mood. I'm yeah, in, yeah. What? Lockdown. Fucking, I haven't worked for a week, and it's fucking making me toe ears thing. So I apologise, guys. I got, I'm full of energy. I'll try to settle down. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. Listeners, this is what you call cabin fever. Um, but yeah, look, nah, look, I won't. You know, Tig stole my thunder and uh, broke my heart there. You know, killed my baby. Now, nah, look, all I'll say on the forward movement, it just looks like when we are kicking long into the forward line, we are sitting it on. Rewalt and Lynch's head. We're not giving them the opportunity, so it's more of the jumping up at the ball, not forward into the ball or leading into the ball, which is um, which is affecting, I guess, our efficiency as well. But what I want to talk about—that's just a minor point. I want to talk about the return of the Prince of Punt Road, the great man. I'm going to read this out in my Bruce voice. <laughs> Dusty. Oh. He looks more like his usual self. No, he's a fucking... 23 disposals, heaving disposals, 14 contested, two goals, five marks, nine clearances, 506 metres gained. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, but you, you know what? the special at the end. That's disappointing. Yeah. He's probably yeah. got copyrights in that, mate. I don't want to see it. Okay, through. okay. But you know what's funny, though? Dusty's been um, playing that type of role. He didn't get those disposals, but last week and the week before, in, in, on this fantastic program, we've been highlighting it. His role before the, even the media's caught on, his role's been his change. He's our defensive. He's trying to be our defensive mid um, um, in parts um, and trying also to create. So he's trying to do three jobs. Um but I reckon on the last half, that's generally where most of his disposals came in. They've, he's just gone, fuck it, we need to win the game. So he played with a lot more offensive dare, and it showed. Um, but look, 14 contested possessions. I think last week he had 11, and the week before that he had nine, which is a record for him. The big dog's coming back, isn't he? He's coming yeah, back into form. Yeah, and clearances, sorry. He had another nine clearances. He had nine last week, and I think he's been consistent um, the past three weeks, which have been you know personal best for him. So... He's just, um, yeah, I, I admire him to no end. He pulled, he, look, he must have been injured. We know about the rib, the rumours. Then I think it all got a little bit too hard. And it's, and I have to admit, I, I potted him three, four weeks ago. Um, but he's more than fucking, um, look, he's earning his wage. I just can't wait till he gets support, support like he's got to get Cochin in this week, which is going to give him a whole shit ton of support. Um and we should start to get our offensive game going again. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the main thing for me. Can we talk about the back line for a second? I, mean, no, I'm not gonna... I want to do one thing. I want to do one thing. Oh, do one okay, thing. okay, go do your thing. Go do your thing. Hey, hey, can you hear that, Sam? Can you hear that? <laughs> so, can you hear that? Is that your zipper? No, that's my gun. I'm about to shoot Bambi. Patrick Nash. I'm no, sorry, hold mate. On. Yeah, listen, Nine mate. Disposals, We're going to come to blows. On the 100 show, it's going to be fucking bloodbath. Relax a second, right? Relax, right? Relax. Let me... Sorry. Stick me, man. Fucking, I was about to lead you into that as well. That was... Mate, <laughs> you know what I did for the love of the club and our listeners? I, you know, I haven't worn these leather pants in 1995 since our, our finals win, right? I, um, I put leather pants on just before our GWS game, right? And I did that in part to, to you know, sort of give – because of my lucky leather pants, you know, with these leather pants, you know, I've 
amazing things. But now I'm 48, man, right? So it was a struggle putting them on, right? And I'm still recovering from the burns, right, that I got wearing them for a full four quarters. But that's the side of Do you get the same rash that you got in them from 1995? Oh, no, not the the pleasurable rash that I got in (laughs) 1995, but, you know. um, But let's get back on point, right? Nash. Let's let's think about something, right? Got him. Got He's going to defend let's him. He's going to. Let's think about this, and I hope people really take this on board. I'm going to put my serious footy voice on now. These young kids that come into our side, right? They've not had a chance really to play proper VFL game time this year, so they haven't had the conditioning for this year. You know, the tempo. It's you know they're conditioned the athlete to train, but they haven't got that tempo, the feel, the touch. Right, so you've got Nash, who hasn't been played all year, so his confidence is low to start off with. He had a mare of a game, but I just hope, I just hope that Hardwick has had a whisper in his ear and said, you know what, Nash, you suck cock on the field. That was shocking. But you know what, mate? I'm going to give you two more cracks at it. So don't stress. Play your natural game. You know the rules, the non-negotiables, do those. But outside of that, play with a bit of flair. And then you get to see what they can actually do. If he drops him. Straight after one bad game, that's going to do worse to his confidence. So give him a bit of a run. That's what I hope that they do. So they let him. And you know who's an ideal appointment um, opponent for him is um, Western Bulldogs. They're a younger side. They've got a stack of twenty-one-year-olds. Right, they're quick. He's and I'll just put the challenge out, mate. We need your run. We need your spread. We need your speed, and we need your long line kicking. Do that for us and. I hope he turns it on. But we'll find out tomorrow at, you know, 6.20 p.m. if he manages to stay in the side or not. I hope as, so. As much as we I shoot, can, you know, I, should, I agree they should give him an extended run because, yeah, you don't want to shatter the kid. Oh, he wasn't here great. Here we go. He but wasn't we'll great. But this isn't, this isn't about Nate. I would say the same about any of the young yeah, kids. Exactly. You if know, you I'll put him in and drop him straight away, they don't learn anything. Oh, I quit. This is bullshit. Yeah, he's a definitive man. He's a quitter too. He's going to go get in the pit on the pep line. That's what he's going to do. Ah, uh, no, you disappoint me, CB. I'll let you do your pop. <laughs> I don't say a word. Then you give it Come to Come on, you must have known that was coming. Sure. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm shocked. My wife's looking at me and going, "Why, you know, I've got a tear in my eye." That's, that's how emotionally it affects me. Now, now let's talk about. Well, let's 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 move from one controversy to another. Um, we'll have mixed opinions on this one. He's well, been a topic for about the last month, and he's going to be a topic again. Daniel hey. Rioli. Oh, Daniel Rioli, Daniel Rioli, Daniel mm. Rioli. Where do you start, CB? You lead off, son. Well, I actually thought, and I'm probably going to run against the grain here, I thought his game was okay. And I'll say that by the fact that he went out there to play a defensive role, and I think he did pretty well. So I don't judge his game on disposals per se, but I think 17 pressure acts, um, he probably did enough to keep his spot for another week. <coughs> and I'm happy to wear criticism on that, but that's just my take on it. I think, I don't, yeah, I think I don't he's look actually at his game week to week. Yeah, I don't look at his game with disposal numbers either because he's not a high disposal player. A lot of the Riolis aren't. It's just the kind their impact players when they get it. But the problem, like he had the six tackles as well, which was good. I think that was second highest for us. Jack Graham had seven. But the biggest issue I had with his offensive side of things, he, he fumbled a lot in crucial moments that he could have got that quick release handball that might have generated another attack. And whether, the, I mean, there's obviously natural pressure in a game from a side like the Giants and things like that. But I, know, I just feel like he needs to be cleaner. And there was a few times it just sort of looked like he took a few backward steps at contest and waited for someone to get the ball and tackle rather than try and get the ball himself. 
they're the kind of things I wouldn't mind seeing him change. But at the same time, he might be under instruction to do differently. He might be told to wait and lay the tackle to try and draw the free kick. So that's obviously something well, I think we that's, that's under the new rule too. If you look at the way the new tackle rule is interpreted, I'm making words up, the way it's interpreted, um, that's what a lot of players are doing here. They're waiting to lay that tackle. Yeah. Yeah, they're waiting so, for someone to pick it up so they can get, you know, correct. get tackled and get, get the guy pinged. Look, for me, my thoughts are Rioli is symptomatic of what's happening with our football club. Right, and what I mean by that is this: I um, early in the week after the game said, "Look, Rioli's not giving anything enough for us offensively." But if you look at our whole side, we're not giving enough offensively, right? And I wanted, I still said, "Look, he needs a spell." And I said that I tweeted that at mid-game. Now that I've had the time to think about it and have a look at what he's done, because it's hard on the TV. At the games, I normally put my binoculars on two or three players and follow them most of the game, right? Um, so you get to see what they do off off the camera. Um, can't do that now, so. Having a look, having a look at his stats, hearing the coaches and all that sort of stuff, he's been he's playing a role. He's he's more of trying to create pressure in our forward line to create turnover. Um, so he's sacrificing his own natural game, and with that fumbling, the whole side's fumbling, and what's hurting us a bit. And Dan, um, Daniel Rioli, if we have ball slow ball movement from the back line and the midfield, the one side of the ground that's affected greatly by any, than any other side on that slow slow ball movement is our forwards, right? That's in, irrefutable. If you're slowed bringing the ball to your forward line from your forward, your back 50 to your midfield and you dig around with it, you've got your half forwards running everywhere to try to create space and create some chaos, can't. The ball doesn't get there quick enough, and when it finally does, they're fucking knackered, right? And that's where we're breaking down. We're not having that speed of ball movement. When was the last time you saw a Richmond midfielder Actually, we go through, we started trying to do it against GWS, handball from the back line, handball to another player, handball to another one, and then the release handball for the run, and they don't run. Yeah, but I think you'll find we're missing um, Dion Prestia's unreal with his two-way running. Yeah, I get we're that. We're missing but, him greatly. So who do you reckon? Who do you reckon has to? Who do you reckon has to hold the load? So you've got you've got your two half forwards with good engines. You've got Goldie, and you've got George Castagna. They're both going. They're both running up and down the ground, up and down the ground. Um, and by the time that they get to the point where, they, like, see Rioli's kick a goal, the guy was fucking naked. He, he was. He, I knew he was going to miss it. He looked fucking tired when he was kicking the ball. So I've sort of changed tack till we can get our personnel back on the. I reckon Cochin's going to help this immensely. The reason right. why I say that is Cochin's going to take pressure off Graham. Graham's game has been vanilla. For the past three weeks, I've called it the last two shows. He might he's not, not be playing. <laughs> well, he hasn't heard enough. He keeps on. He's, he's this one pace that when he's getting focused on, he's got no separation. So as soon as he gets the ball, he'll get the he'll get the contested possession. But he'll have to quickly handball it because he's already he's already being tackled. Where Graham starts to come into the game is when you have that um, extra quality midfielder in that draws that defensive midfielder away from Graham. Right, so he's getting a lesser opponent. He's not getting as many people near him, and that's when you'll start to see Graham start to accelerate and start to be able to get that one or two steps. Once he gets that one or two steps, he's all right. But till he gets that speed up, he's a pud. He's as slow as fuck. I'm sorry, and excuse the language. It's just who I am. Um, it's just that's what's killing us at the moment. So we once we get then inject that quality midfielder which are hopeful to be Cochin when he comes in on Wednesday, it should square us up a bit and sure allow our mid- mids to be able to be a, li- a little bit quicker with the ball. And having Shy Bolton in the midfield mix, hopefully he can get received, getting our half-forwards pressed up a little bit further up so they can get some of those quick breaks. 
um, should make us a lot more dangerous. That's yeah. just my thoughts on it. So yep. relax on Rioli, guys. Just, yep. you know, when you want to get dark on him, think of the GWS final, um, preliminary final. He won us the game. Got us into a grand final. Let's, let's, he kicked four personal best in 2017. Then you go, oh, but Tiggs, that was two years ago. Fucking three years ago. Think of 2019, right, where he kick-started us in the preliminary final. He did. He was brilliant. You know, yeah, Lynch kicked the five goals, but look at Rioli's game. And then look at Rioli's game in the, um, in the game against Geelong. So, you know, that when he just came back from injury and he did that fucking one-person on the wing, chased the ball down, ran down to the half-forward flank, fucking did pressure and got the turnover and kicked the goal. That was just to ease up on him. He hasn't lost his skill and desire. He's playing a selfless team game. That's my commitment on Rioli. Don't think of Rioli for scoring goals. Put it this way. Make your life easier. Rioli's not there to score goals. Just That's that what it is. Yeah. Get past no. that. Judge him well. Right. And I'll just say this one. I'll just make one very quick comment on another, on another player. His magnet isn't getting moved past the defensive 50. Oh. Um, kudos to Noah Bolter again, holding Jeremy Cameron goalless. Um, two outstanding games from centre-half back. So, Bolter... He ain't leaving the back line. And when Dave Asprey comes back, he's still not leaving the back line. No. So no. 25-metre handballs and uh, a little bit yeah. chaotic. I'd still like to see him kick it a little bit more because it's a weapon. But you can tell you can tell he's been reined in by the coaches at this point in time to obviously learn and focus on the defensive side of things. Uh, I'm hoping at some stage they unleash the beast a bit more, uh, utilise his weapons. But, yeah, yeah, good effort to keep Cameron goalless. It's uh, another scalp. And yep. that's what I was. That's why I'm just sometimes it was frustrating me. Like I, I get it. Like we sort of mentioned it the last week as well. But you know, I'm proud of him because he's doing those short kicks. You can tell he's really listening to his coaches and he's trying to conform to the rules. That's all great and well and good. But we've got such a weapon. If you can just get Lynch to push forward to the forward half of the centre square. So if you get what I mean, you know, where the centre line is towards our goals. Because you just imagine Bolter sees Lynch at the fifty um, at the centre square. And he's got position on the ball. Instead of kicking at fucking 15 metres or handballing at 25 metres, roosted. You've got a marking. You've got a marking target there. I reckon we – and it will go right over the defensive line. Um, and then, you know, I reckon that's a weapon we're not using. And I don't know why we're not exploiting it. Maybe they think it's too outside the box or too easy to defend against. I don't know. But um, you know how Tui sometimes from the, center, um, from the forward 50 – um, sorry, the back 50, he'll kick it to the centre when they're generally losing if they need to quickly score. Something similar to that, but, you know, having someone like a Lynch that can kick towards, it's, I mean, just don't do it. We could be anchoring our forwards um, to, we're restricting them where we should let them run free. And that'll oh, use his weapon. Yeah, absolutely. Just unleash the beast. Get him, let him kick 60 metre bombs. Who cares? That's it. All right, CB, bloodbath time. Rightio. So, first one's a bit of a retrospective, so it's going to be a little bit last week's bloodbath, but we'll get into it. Shane Crawford. Shane Crawford said possibly the most offensive thing I've heard in years on the weekend, or two weekends ago. This is what he said, and I quote, I think he's the new bull. He's gone past Dustin Martin. He's gone past Dustin Martin. (laughs) Now, for those who don't realise, he's talking about Christian Petrarca. Now, I mean, seriously, if you want a comparison, I'm cool with maybe uh, Dustin Martin and Nat Fife or Dustin Martin and McLeod. Petrarca. I can't even think I'll speak properly about it. What has he ever done? Seriously. 
apart from 15 Big Macs in 15 minutes, that's about all he's achieved in his football career. But back on to you, Crawford. It appears your footy nous and intellect is on is on cue as your oh-so-funny skits on the footy show. In fact, the only old footy show, the only way the only... Oh, Okay. Oh, he's bottled it. The homies make it. He's bottled it. He's making it. He's fucked it. You didn't write it down, <laughs> did you, man? You fucking old man. You can't in use fact, your memory. In fact, the, in fact, the only... <laughs> you forgot what you were talking about. <laughs> you fucking that's, 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 that's how much Petrarca to Dustin Martin offends me. So here's some, here's some further cues in line with Shane's thinking. Eric Hipwood has now surpassed Jonathan Brown. Blake Hardwick's the new Basher Hooley. Yeah, it's just Tyson Stengel's the new Eddie Betts, and Chris Scott has surpassed Damien Hardwick and Alistair Clarkson as a coach. Now, if I was actually serious about those points, you'd think I was a dead set dickhead, wouldn't you? Well, guess what, Crawford? You're a dead set dickhead. Stick to hosting <laughs> cartoon shows. Yeah, nah, that's true. I <laughs> couldn't believe totally, what I fucking heard. I totally balls that. Now, here's <laughs> this week's. <laughs> but you know what? You know why? You know why he said it though. Now, hold on. We'll just let me just comment. You know why he said it though because he was part of the Hawthorne sides that cheated the last four fucking flags. You're taking them out of the table, weren't you, Hawkies? Yes, you're doing the Porkies, Hawkies, and Crawford was a big part of that. And I'll tell you something else. Fucking Petrarca, not even good enough to wash fucking Dusty's car. Get Petrarca out of his own boot to win finals, (laughs) right? Fucking Dustin Martin, last count, won seven finals, you fucking cheat. Seven finals out of his own boot. The other 21 players around him were just hanger-ons. That's how powerful Dustin Martin was. Sorry, CB, I felt that needed to be said, mate. Nah, yeah, and further that, fuck you, Hawthorne. Fuck you, Hawthorne. You fucking ruined the game with John the Ball Clark. You know what, Hawthorne? Hawthorne, you know what, Hawthorne? You're only two years away from merging with Melbourne again. Yeah, yeah. hope you hope you kept your jumpers from 1996, you pathetic flogs. Even Don Scott hates you. Yeah. Yes, he does. Right, Karen from Bunnings. What a dumb ignorant <laughs> oh, bitch! What a fuck. Cannot, you know what? Cannot. Sorry. All right, now you, you guys. You can't keep cutting him off, to you. Let him, I, let him I can't help myself. I'm passionate. This I'm is going to go for like half an hour because Tiggs is going to keep going. Karen from Bunnings. You know the type of woman she is. Big mouth, opinionated. What us normal type call a drainer. She's the one at social gatherings who talks loudly and diagnoses shit off Google. Oh, my son has ADHD. I know he has. He has all the symptoms which I read about online, etc., etc. Well, guess what, Karen? You'll get your wish on going maskless soon enough, and your rights via the 1948 Charter shall be restored as we go to stage four lockdown a la New Zealand. Well done, Karen, and to all the other morons like her. Can I just tell us something with that? Um, when I was a young kid, I did retail, right? One thing he doesn't get about this fucking human rights charter, it, it's not applicable on private property. So you walk into fucking Correct. Bunnings, which is private property, and you go on about you'll sue me. For, mate, I'm lucky I'm not in retail anymore, man, because I would have I would have given her a piece of my mind. I would have just said to her, listen, fucking piss off. <laughs> I would have been, I'm trying to clean it up, you know. But I would have just told her, look, she's putting her family, her own family at risk just because she doesn't like a little bit of a sore throat or itchy face. Uh, you know what? Speak to the poor nurses and paramedics that fucking have to wear PPE the whole shift. Seven days a week in some cases. Go over, go over, and they get bruises on their faces. And they're doing it to keep people like you alive. You selfish. Oh, I'm not going to swear. Pull that, back. Pull back. You've, you've gone pretty hard. <laughs> I've gone soft, man. I could have gone and, harder, but I won't. And I've got one show. more. I've got one more. Stop it, stop it, but You're getting me angry, man. <laughs> and, 
Okay, you're gonna get angrier. Julian de Stoop. While I'm on a roll about morons. Julian de Stoop's tweet said the following Tiger fans never said anything about Butler Boy getting a game last year. Now they are making it sound like they let Kevin Bartlett Kevin Bartlett walk out the door. Oh well let me tell you about Tiger fans, you bellend. We wanted nothing more than Dan to have success like any other Tiger player. I'm yet to hear any Tiger lament anything like that, you claim. In fact, all I read is Tiger's happy that Dan is going well. The same for Brandon and Stengel. And many of us are still hurting watching Towner in a drug scum jumper. So let's be serious. You never spoke to any Tiger supporters at all. You're nothing but another hack with the same integrity of a Tom Brown. You give the real journos a bad name. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, fair call, that I don't even know who Ju- I don't even know who Julian Destoop is. Does he, if you look him on Twitter, apparently he's a journalist. Is he really what for the Thomas. truth? For the truth, yeah. newspaper. Like oh. a, yeah, nah, dead. Look, listen. Dan didn't even play for Richmond for fucking most of 2019. That's no slag off Dan. He's just he's only got one string to his bow. Now I'm wrapped. He's having a great great season. He compliments the. Uh, he's like when he was at 2017 with us. We had a weakness then. He compliments that. He makes that weakness a strength, which is great. Um, but at the end of the day, he's still a one string player. I have, don't haven't seen anything from Dan. With St Kilda, that is different from the best of Dan when he was at Richmond. But no Richmond supporter has gone, oh, my God, um, he's like Kevin Bartlett or, you know, we just let go our best best forward, blah, blah. That's just ridiculous. That's lies. Just lies. Correct. Uh, well, uh, there's a late entry there, but I like that one. That was a poor comment. Uh, TIG71, you've got a five-minute spiel on the biased media. Look, I'll probably keep it brief because, you know, CB just slagged me off saying that this is going to go on for half an hour and I'm very conscious <laughs> that, you know. Yeah, we're trying to shorten the episodes these days, listeners. We've yeah, got a, I know. A lot of listener questions coming up too, which is very that, exciting. That's right. But look, and I'll probably speak to most, which would, look, I am one eye and I fucking don't apologise for it. Right? I just don't. Um, but I am starting to notice, and I've noticed it particularly this year. I don't know if it's COVID and whatever it is, but... The media treats us differently than any other side, right? And a perfect point, I'll give you two examples. The first example is Collingwood, right? They just got done by 66 points. It was a beautiful game to watch, mind you. I was just chuckling like a – even had the leather pants on but no shirt on. It was that enjoyable to watch, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, just getting done. And all I could hear is they've got heaps of players missing. And if you have a look, they had four quality players out, Right. And they got done by 66 points. Now, if Richmond had got done by 66 points at the GWS, it had been the Tigers are over, the Tigers are done, they're finished. When we lost in the early part of the year they're against the Hawks and the Saints, yeah, no, they put a line across them, there's no desire, they're done, they're finished. There was none of when we lost to GWS, oh, shit, you know, Richmond's as, uh, is midfield's decimated. Um, they've lost, you know, they've got this star, seven stars out. Um, and they're playing generally a close or full-strength GW, so no excuses given for Richmond. Um, Bruce fucking just completely, oh, they can't make the grand final. Doesn't even factor in that we've played a side that they all rate. We've lost a game, they haven't won it, and we've done it with kids with a system that's obviously going to work in finals. The only one that I heard was David King that says, you know what, I'm not stressed about Richmond, wait till the back half of the year, because he understands Right, he understands that when these, we all we have to do is win more games than we lose. 
till after our buy, and then we got our players back, and then we start steamrolling sides. Um, and that's what's going to happen again. Mark my words, people. So this me of buyers, Collingwood have injuries, fucking hold my beer. They've got nothing compared to us, right? So fucking call it for what they are. Pendlebury is their talisman. If you don't have Pendlebury, they're fucked, right? That's how it is. Their season's gone. Um, and, you know, that game that Hardwick um, – that. If Hardwick is quoting like Buckley, he'd be crucified. All Buckley does, they get a bit of a lead and then he mega floods for the whole entire game. They, he did it against us and has to stop doing it. But now when he loses a little bit of cattle, they don't. Um, they get scored against. And that's what what happens. Um, the second media bias, it's really fucking... You know what? I'll keep it at the one. Keep it at the one because I'm going to go on too, too long. But, you know, seriously. Yeah, no. Nah. Media, pull your socks up. You know, Richmond's the two top one, the last two flags in three years. We do deserve some bloody respect. And I'm talking to you, Jared. Well, yeah, we won't get it, though. We won't get it, though, that's for sure. Oh, it's ridiculous. But I, I don't mind being hated because it's it means that we're relevant and good again, unlike uh, previous years prior to 16. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to the listener questions because we've got quite a few that come through. So thank you to everyone for sending these through. Uh, so, we'll, yeah, because we do have a few, we'll uh, keep the answers as sharp as we can for you all. First one is for you, Tig71, from Suffering Succotash. You kind of already touched on this <laughs> already. Uh, what was everyone's individual take? I won't do individual because we're out of time, but what was your take on the umpiring on the weekend, especially that umpire number 10? Remember keeping it short. I know you could go for half an hour. Yeah, thank you, mate. Thank you for the, um, the slap. It's all right. Not deserved, but thank you very much. Um, I've got to do Suffering Succotash in that cat voice. Suffering Succotash! I've thought about suffering it, but I've not been brave enough to do it. <laughs> I love it. See, I love it. But you stole my thunder, CB. You always jump in my shadow. Fucking, I'm in your shadow, CB. I got it. I'm too, ten, I'm too fucking pale. But anyway, to answer your question succinctly and short, because you know I'm not allowed to speak on this podcast, being it's 100, 100 show. Cheats. That's what I'll say. No, seriously, the standard of it's gone to shit. They're guessing. Look, I could take the years that we've been crucified when. They rarely guessed, and they just got it wrong. I can wear it when they just get it wrong. That's a uniqueness part of our game. We don't bitch and whine as bad as the rugby league or NFL when their umpires make mistakes that we have to do this or that. But now, this year, they're fucking guessing, and they're guessing because they're not doing the training. They can't run the Ks that the others can get. So they're not being able to get the positions that they could see, and they're guessing things that happen. And the perfect example of that, Solbo free kicks. Just fucking go have a look at it. The guy couldn't see it. He just guessed. So, and number 10 specifically, you know what? Suffering. Shockadash. They're all fucking <laughs> like shit. I'm not going to sit with that 10 because they're all fucking like shit. And I still haven't got over that flog in the beard from last week either. He's, I haven't forgotten about him. <laughs> all right. Uh, next, one, <laughs> next one for you, CB. <laughs> From Jill Fitzsimmons, uh, she said, guys, Matty Lloyd says that, Lin- Matty Lloyd, he's a flog anyway, uh, says Lynch needs to bring more tricks to his game and get separation from his opponent. Would love to discuss, would love you to discuss some strategies to achieve this in this week's show. Well, first of all, your first mistake was listening to Lloyd, the biggest diving sack of shit there is. And remember, Lloyd is actually the same bloke who, what did he, what did he call Lynch last year? Was a he a liability? liability? He called him a liability. So now all of a sudden, I mean... Yeah, oh, Lloyd's a fool. But is it? I don't think he needs more tricks to his game. I think uh, we're, we're a team that's definitely suffered from the shorter quarters, for the, just through the way that we play. And you've got to remember, we've got six players out or seven players out, which definitely hurts as much as the kids are going well and we say the system is holding up. 
we still don't have Trent Cochinor, Dion Presti delivering the ball into that forward line, do we? So, you know, you've got lesser skilled players doing it. And I think my issue is, is as I discussed briefly earlier, I think it's more sitting the ball in the forward's heads, which is allowing, you know, the Ruckman to push back and get in front of Lynch and a guy to come over the top and spoil him. So we've got to find a way to uh, isolate Lynch a bit better or how we move the system in now. Um, I'll probably leave it at that for now because I reckon there's a question coming up that I might actually get Tiggs' input in in the next in the answer actually, but I'll I'll leave it at that. But I don't think he needs more tricks. I think it's just more how we're moving the ball in to, to benefit and kick to his advantage. It's probably mm. what I'm trying to say. Wouldn't it hurt to see a few couple of blocks put on legal blocks, mind you, and his opponent to create some separation as well. But yeah, a lot of it's delivery. I reckon I think he's spot on there. Uh, I'll take the next one from Matt, which was, how likely is Jack Rewalt to return to his family and have a break similar to Shane and Basher? I'm concerned his heart's not 100% with footy and missing his family. He's made a few comments to make me wonder. I wouldn't begrudge him at all. Um, as the boy said earlier on, the game against the Giants was probably the most he's looked invested in the game, which was good. Um, I still think there'll come a time where he'll have to go back home. Uh, like I said last week, I'm kind of in a similar boat to him in terms of having a, like a partner who's pregnant with a, a young kid already there, um, and she, you know, she's going to not be able to lift um, Poppy soon. They're going to, he's going to have to go home, and I think at the is moment, is she going to Queensland? I think that she's oh, fine. Okay, it's, that's an option she's fine as well. At the hub. Yeah, that's good then. If if they can do that to help him be able to support her, I think that's going to really freshen him up mentally and make him feel more at ease. Because um, prior to, to knowing that, it just kind of felt like he was waiting until maybe some of the cavalry come back and he maybe would have had a break. Um, but yeah, if they're flying her up, I think that, and I think they have done that for a few other teams as well. So I think that would be a good outcome if she was happy to do so. Um, but yeah, it was good to see him a bit more interested and up and about and pumped in the in the Giants game. So hopefully we get the old Jack back on track. Uh, next one for CB from Lee Williamson. I'd like to ask about a game plan. It seems to be breaking down in the forward line. Is it play or strategy related, and how do we fix it? Jack is such a smart player, but seems deflated, and Lynch needs to stop always trying to mark from behind. Does CCJ need to come in? Right. G'day, Lee. Um, I, again, I think if you look at the games we're playing, our system is actually starting to kick in, and I think our system is holding up. So... I think our game style is actually good enough to win the games of footy. I mean, before we were going for fourth straight uh, against GWS. So our form line reads three wins, one loss, and it's one we should have won. So I think the system is working fine. It's our execution at the pointy end. That's probably where it comes down to it. So the strategy is fine. How do you fix it? Well, shit, I don't know. How do you make them kick through the big sticks instead of the side sticks? Um, Jack, Jack's... As we discussed earlier, I think Jack that was as invested as he's looked all year, and he seemed to uh, he seemed more energetic. He seemed more energised, and as we've discussed with the what I think is the issue with Lynch. Now I'm going to throw it over to Tiggs. Do, do you want to talk about what we talked about off air, Tiggs? Am I throwing you under the bus there, or let that go with what you heard? Uh, uh, no, no, yeah, no, because. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. yeah, yeah, I don't want to. It's just because I haven't got. I, 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 it was a private conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's no, cool. So, all we'll say, folks, if you say something a little unusual, thanks for throwing me under the bus, though. Thank you, thank you, man. If you say something unusual, <laughs> think of us. If I can throw me under the bus, one thing I say to that too is, is because we're so slow in our ball movement, the defenders are blocking his space to run into. Yeah, it's so predictable. That's, that's why he can't get separation. That's been my. From 
Yeah, that's been my biggest concern. I think I was posting about it on our game day thread that when we get the ball 80 to 90 metres out, we're not pulling the trigger quick enough, in my opinion. We're waiting that three or four seconds, and by the time that happens, all the opposition players are flooded back, and then we're sitting it up on someone's head again. I would rather see see us wheel around and go from 90 metres out, get it inside 50 quickly to our one-on-ones with Jack in there and Lynch in there, and then the small forwards running at those forwards in case the ball spills and give us half a chance to, to rove a goal if they don't mark it. But I, we're just not giving the guys a good enough chance to try and compete in a one-on-one contest. They're both big enough and strong enough that they're, they'll halve it at worst or win it. Um, you see, the, just on that, Michaels, if you look at all of our games this year and then compare them to last year or the, the last three years, um, the most any football coach worth any salt, even this is in VFL, amateur football, or whatever, they will tell you the most dangerous place on the ground to do an inside 50 is from the centre of the ground, right? Because it means you can kick on the pocket, you can kick straight down the guts, and you can kick it to the other pocket, right? And the defenders, um, it, it's very rare for it to be the defender to instantly read where the ball's going, right? That's why forward entry game plans kick in because the forward would know, okay, I know where he's going to kick it to um, by reading the player. Where we're kicking inside 50 in every game, Bar none, it's very rare. We're kicking it from the pockets and the wings, the fat sides of the ground, and then we're going in that way. That's why I started noticing it a little bit last week and the week before last. We're trying to handle and get the ball back into the centre. That's where our strength is, from the back line, create the chorus, um, get the contest on the wing, then move it into the centre, then kick it inside 50. That part, that last part of the chain is what we're not doing enough and our forwards are getting crucified by it. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. Hopefully we can see that rectified because, yeah, it, it will change the whole dynamics of the team if we can change that. That's right. Um, okay, next two questions are kind of rolled into one for you, T71. Yeah. First part from Grant Pollard. How much will this disrupted season have an effect on our first-year players? And the second part from Trogan Tiger. And further to this question, without a structured second-tier comp, a la the VFL, uh, for players to find their touch, how many games do you give a promoted younger player who struggles in the first or second game? So kind of similar to what we've yeah. spoken about with I, I basically answered both of them with Nash. Um, look, all I would say, just real quickly, um, I think the impact's quite will be quite large. Um, but And in saying that how many games I personally will, particularly with the four weeks we've got coming up, I would say at least a minimum of three games. Yeah, I agree. It's very compromised, and I think you have to because there's no other form line to go off. Uh, CB17, this one's from JWD. If we don't start getting games into CCJ, RCD, and Garthwaite, do you think they're likely to look at opportunities elsewhere? Well, it's more a question of what gets offered. Uh, we've heard previously CCJ is definitely a player of interest to other clubs, and there's every chance that I think there's every chance that he'll get looked at again at the end of the year. RCD, I think he's pretty safe. I, I can't see that kid going anywhere. And if I've got it correct, Collingwood were into Garthwaite at one stage, maybe last year, and even Hawthorne, possibly. I might be right or wrong there, Tiggs. You could probably correct me. Um, I think it's – I would put it this way. With, with Garthwaite in particular, I mean, CCJ and RCD haven't been there very long. Could you begrudge a bloke like Garthwaite, who's been playing reserves footy for four years at Richmond, if a club like Hawthorne said, we can use you right now? Would you begrudge him actually going? Um, that's That's sort of how I look at it. It's highly possible with Garthwaite. I think the other two, we're more of a chance of keeping. Yeah, I think that's a fair enough call. Um, yeah. And we've got two questions from Facebook as well. This is the first time we put it out there, so thank you for sending these through as well. Uh, for CB from Joshua Morris, after dominating the game stats-wise against the Giants but not getting it done on the scoreboard, 
Do you think we are missing some of those small forwards such as Townsend and Butler? And do we need to give the forward line a shake-up? Possibly, possibly sending Jack up onto a wing and play Lynch like a true stay-at-home forward. I just got to say, every time I see Townsend and Nesson and Jumper, it makes me violently ill. He did rag Dole Crouch, though, the other day. That was exciting. That brought back some good Yeah, <laughs> you can take the boy out of Richmond. You can't take the Richmond yeah. out of the boy, eh? <laughs> um, now, nah, look, I, I think, like I said, we're improving week by week. And, again, we should have won. If, if we had to beat GWS, would we be having this discussion? That's probably how I sort of look at answering this question. But the facts are we didn't, and we kicked like busted bumholes, right? Just terrible execution. And we did miss some easy set shots. I can think of, like, Pickett missed two. Lynch, Lynch missed, missed one. the shit up, yeah. Yeah. So, so everyone goes, oh, one guy sort of talked to me on Twitter. He goes, oh, yeah, but they were all snaps. No, they weren't. They weren't snaps. They were all they were all gettable shots. Mm. So I think we were, we are right now in that Ford 50, our own worst enemy. And in reality, if you put – I don't know how much of a difference Butler would make playing in our current system right now with how we're getting it done. So I, I, I tend to look forward and not backwards. Um, I'll just look forward and just hope that, you know, George can get on the end of a few this weekend – uh, you know, Jack can get a couple. I mean, at the moment, Jack's sort of free. He gets a goal and that's it, you know. I'd love to see Jack get two or three on the board, but it, it is what it is. And, um, yeah, look, I miss those two players. I used to love having them in the, at the club, but, I mean, unfortunately, football is a, it's a ruthless industry and nothing stays the same. It felt like in that Giants game, if we had converted, like, one or two of those chances, the floodgates would have opened, the confidence would have been back, and... Maybe that same thing will apply in the Bulldogs game. If we can jag a couple early, they'll be up and about and, yeah, hopefully uh, yeah. pile and, a few more on. But, but Jack, Jack's an interesting one. Whether you put him on a wing or you play him up, play him as a higher forward, uh, it, it depends on the matchups. I mean, the, the thing about the Dogs is they're not a tall back line. Oh, you, you, their key defenders are Eastern Wood. You know, he's one of their keys. So we, if Jack goes higher up the ground, will Eastern Wood go with him? Will Easton zone off and sit in front of Lynch? And then we just know. and we get like a child. Child showed a bit in the four line. Look, my, my when people talk about Butler and talk about Townsend, all I turn back to them and goes, all I say to them the way they answer the question. Um, when we were doing our run, I think of, what was it of twelve consecutive wins? You know, five wins into that run, were you saying to people around you, "My God, Richmond's missing Butler and Townsend"? Yeah. No, it's yeah. I think yeah. it's very. I think I think what CB it's, said at the start was spot on. That if we had have won, yeah. it would have been a exactly right. And that's I serene, yeah, serene for CB's point. At the moment, our forward line's not functional functional due to the method of play that we're doing delivering to it. Once we deliver with a bit of speed and a bit of non predictability, so we're a little bit we break the lines a little bit more. Um, you watch us start to get those great opportunities and start to convert. And yeah. once we do that, yeah, um, we'll Quite be fine. Yeah. And, and can, can I just be a pain guy? Sorry. sorry. Did Basher Hooley, do we know, did Basher Hooley get on that plane today and head up north to quarantine? I've not seen no, or no. heard anything. But... I've been doing homeschooling, so I have no fucking idea. Because that was, I, I heard over the weekend that Hooley was flying out to quarantine. His mum's recovered, well, she's recovering, so she's at a stage where he's comfortable. And he was heading up north to hopefully rejoin the playing what group. What about Edwards? Know. What about Edwards? Has she delivered yet? No. I haven't heard anything on that. But, but... Someone on Twitter was sort of saying that no, she hasn't yet. But yeah, I haven't heard anything about her. You'll have to keep an eye on that. Well, if, anyone, if anyone knows, let yeah. us know. Why don't yeah, they induce absolutely. the baby? I'd be 
giving him money under the cap and say, hey, induce. Induce the baby. You need Edwards. Hawthorne stuff from a Tasmanian oh, account. That's it, mate. Fucking separate bank account. And the, uh, the the last question from Facebook is from John Devine, which I'll have a crack at. It's It was pretty simple. Are we going to win the 2020 and 2021 flag? Um, it was interesting because Trogan Tiger wrote this on Twitter today, and I fully agree with him, and it's what I was going to say, is the thing with this year is it's unlike any other. If this was our form line in a standard regular season, I don't think we'd be causing too much damage at this point in time. But even if we finish 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, with the way the hubs are working, like all teams playing in the one location, bar the Eagles and the Crows and Frio and Port, I reckon we could even win it from 8th or 7th. Like if, you're, if we're coming into finals and we lock in a 7th or 8th spot and we've got all our full cattle back, teams aren't going to want to play, as I can assure you. They're going to be looking over the shoulder and they'll be concerned that we can roll anyone anywhere, anytime. Um, so I think 2020 is still on the cards, but it's all going to come down to this next block of games, I think. Um, that's why the Giants game is such a tough loss to take, because it would have put us into third. And now, after the long game tonight, which it looks like they're going to win, we're going to be sitting ninth. So that's the difference between winning against the Giants and losing. So if we can jag a couple of games in this next block of four, which is going to be pretty tough, um, and lock in just a final spot, I'd give us a chance from anywhere. And, and let me tell you this, John. Let me tell you this, John. Frankly... You piss me off and you disgust me. You talk about 2021, mate. What about 22, 23, 24, 25? <laughs> like, fair income, mate. Think big, John. Think big. <laughs> Think big. Lift, lift the vision, mate. Don't look down. Look up. But can we just talk sakes. about the? Can we just talk about what the real important point is with that question? John Devine, what a fucking epic name. Like seriously, that's like a cross between John Wick or the best porno name you could have, John Define. Uh, kudos <laughs> to you, John. Mate, I um, <laughs> wish I could. Mate, I'll be winning premierships with that fucking combination of first and last name every day of the week, bud. You keep All on right, coming, so son. Huge thanks to everyone for sending through questions. Much appreciated. Now, usually at this time of the show, we would do our preview for the Bulldogs game uh, coming up on Wednesday night, but we're going to park that to one side because on Wednesday night, so the night of the actual game, we will, the three of us will be going live at about 7 o'clock. The game's at 10 past 7, uh, and we're going to be doing a bit of expert sort of analysis and special comments, talking crap, bagging the other team, all that kind of stuff, so... If you're wanting a, something a little bit different from the commentary you get on Channel 7 and Foxtel with watching our games, which has been what's been floated around very publicly by a lot of you, um, then we're, we're going to go live for the first half of the game on Wednesday night. So we'll go, we'll, we'll jump on there at about 7 o'clock and do a bit of a mini preview then about the game against the Doggies. Uh, but yeah, it should be really interesting, fellas, to do a bit of a live chat on the game. The best part, I think, guys, what it will be like is if you ever wanted to appear in someone's lounge room, just imagine you see three devilishly handsome Tiger supporters, right, sitting on a beautiful couch, looking at the TV and barracking for the football club that you love. If you just want to be like a fly on the wall and hear the banter and all, that's basically what the show is going to be. Yeah. Um, CB is going to do the Bruce stuff, which, you know, he just naturally excels at. But seriously, guys, as you know, CB is a little bit, you know, what's a political correct term? He's a little bit fat, right? So just <laughs> just bear with him, right? Because he lives in, out of the country. He was telling us he lives out in the boonies. Do you, so, do you, know, do you, know, what, do you know why I'm fat, Tiggs? No, no, hold on. I haven't finished. Because every time I out... made love to your wife, you fed me bits yeah, yeah, Hold on, hold on, hold on. And what he does to get his TV up and running and his internet, he, he's on the treadmill. That's why you hear that metallic sound all the time because he's pedalling <laughs> away with his four-foot-eight frame, you know, just – 
Just put a link away to get that electricity. So just bear with him. If it takes him a while to sync up, I just and I'm doing this out of love for you, CB, just to give you some let, so they don't go at you, you know? Let me tell you, Footscray, Western Bulldogs, whatever you want to call yourselves, <laughs> you meth head, heroin riddled scum. I'm coming for you on Wednesday. I'm coming for you on Wednesday. It's going to be just to give everyone a bit of insight. We did a bit of a trial run before we recorded this while the uh, Geelong Fremantle game was on. And I mean, we obviously don't follow either of those two teams, but the people were copying a fair clip. So the only tricky part is for listeners is there is a slight natural delay between what you hear from us through the speaker link, which I'll post out on Wednesday night versus what you'll see on TV. So, um, and we've noticed as well that even when we try to sync up what we were watching ourselves, it's a little bit out of, out of whack. So when the game's about to start, we're going to do a bit of a countdown and, and sync ourselves into the to the viewing, which will allow you to sync up to what we're watching and hearing so it's not all disjointed. So it'll be a little bit of trial and error. I'm sure we'll make mistakes along the way, but it should be a bit of fun nonetheless. And we look forward to, to having a few few live listeners in on, on Wednesday night. You stupid, and, pathetic puppies, I'm coming. Here we go. <laughs> and seriously, just a mental health message. Any Western Bulldog um, player or supporter is on the sensitive side. Do not listen. Do not listen. Do not engage. Pretend it doesn't happen. Because some of the cutting remarks that CB and Michael's particularly, he was brutal when we did the little trial in the Cats game. Um, just, you know, don't listen. Just for your mental health, because I don't want that on my conscience. I was actually reserved. Uh, if I say so myself, I was quite reserved. <laughs> uh, so we'll see how we go. But yeah, just to be, be just to be clear, it's not a commentary, so we're not commentating and replacing because yeah. we're not allowed to do that. It's just more of a special comments, general chit chat. Three guys just uh, watching the game of footy, being yeah. biased towards the Tigers because we all love them, and it should be a bit of a laugh. So make sure you tune in Wednesday night. I'll post a link everywhere. And just a reminder, if you want to listen in, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, make sure you give us a follow, like, and subscribe to our channels. And we'll uh, make sure we return the love. Uh, so I won't yep. do any predictions because we'll do that on Wednesday night. So thank you for your time tonight, fellas, CB and TIG71. And I'll catch you both on Wednesday night for a very special live show. Looking yeah. forward to it. Look, And now, guys, please be gentle. It's our first time doing it. So... Um... You know, just give us honest feedback. That's the other thing too, feedback on our shows. Um, you know, if you don't want to just post it on Twister, you want to direct message Michaels, um, please do so. Um, you know, the more feedback we get and more engagement we get from the you guys, um, the better we can we can do this. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and just hear, hear this then. That's for you. That's for you, Nash. That's for you, Nash. You better rack up 20 touches, bro, or I'm oh. coming for you. Oh, if, see, that's it. And you know what, on. mate? If nothing CB, else, tune in to hear this because CB's going to bait Tiggs the whole night. It's going to be hilarious. Yeah. And you know what, CB, mate? CB, mate, I'm going to just ask my wife now as soon as we hang up why she cheated on me. See, so if you cause, if you cause a domestic in, in Roxford Park, mate, hope you sleep well at night, son. Hope you sleep well at night. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for your time, fellas, and I'll catch you on Wednesday night. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!